0: constant quest podcast with teen and taylor man this is sort of a milestone episode taylor today we are at episode 20 so we're on up into another bracket i feel like for whatever that's worth i don't know maybe i just want to celebrate all of our episodes and talk about how far we've come since episode zero i'm actually sitting in the basically in the room where we recorded episode zero this is the first time i've done one here since then, uh, up in North Georgia. So I'm really happy to be here. It's cool. I've just been thinking about where we were at the beginning, and now we're at episode 20. Here we are.
1: Yeah, man. It's kind of hard to believe that it's been 10 months now, and seeing your backdrop there just brings back a lot of memories from our both sitting in little recliners with a computer in front of us and writing things down on a little notepad with a crayon to try <laughs> make sure we didn't remember, didn't make sure we remembered everything and didn't forget anything. But uh, yeah, it's good to see there. And it, yeah, it's kind of crazy that we've stayed consistent with it. Got 20 episodes under our belt and just really enjoying things.
0: What a mess it was that day. I mean, we literally were writing notes with a crayon. You weren't kidding about that. We didn't have a pen. We've, tore off some piece of paper to something probably like the Wi-Fi code or something wrote <laughs> on crayon we were filming with my GoPro that I had in my truck and we were recording on an iPhone that was sitting in between us on the table when we were in two recliners I mean what an absolute mess but that's a message to people hundred want to start a podcast and they're like I don't even know where to start we started there
1: hundred if you're waiting for things to be perfect not even that's a good you know, reference to the podcast specifically, but I feel like it applies to anything in life, you know, like sometimes we want everything to be perfect. It's like, man, just get out there and start doing it. And you know, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be the potentially one of the least likely the least organized, most chaotic one you'll ever do, but guess what? You just got to do it and grow and learn. And I feel like we've definitely done that. So.
0: And the other thing I want to mention before we get into our guest today, which I'm obviously really excited about um, is that just not that we're unique in the way that we're busy, but I know that you've got a lot going on in your life. I have things going on in my life, as everybody does, but you've mentioned a couple times about how we've had to prioritize this podcast at times. And I've said many times, this is something that brings me joy. It just makes me happy. I do think there's more purpose behind it. I think other people get something out of it. But at the base, it brings me joy and we have had to prioritize it and we do have a lot going on. And I just think that's worth saying, you know, that I appreciate you also prioritizing it because I know that you've got a very hectic schedule going on right now. And I'm, it's something I'm proud of and that I'm excited to do every time we do it.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I, I do get value out of it for sure, but that's different, you know, because sometimes you get value out of something and, and at the end of it, you're happy you did it. But does that mean you're ready to go back in at the beginning you know, and make that time commitment, honestly, you know, it's like whatever your thing is working out or whatever else it's like, well, and I'm going to feel better after it's like, all right, got carve to out, carve out time to do it. And thankfully both of us have, and I know it takes more time for you with all the editing and stuff, but yeah, I mean, just staying consistent with it and getting the feedback from people is always like inspiring. So I'm glad we stuck with it.
0: For sure. And I guess we'll just get on into the. Oh, hang so on. Like I day. have one oh. more
1: random thought. Was well, not really that random. Somebody was listening to the podcast and then they were asking me, they're like, Who is this David Goggins guy that you talked about on your podcast? But it, so it made me think. Um, I was just going to put in a little note for our listeners. We try, and sometimes we hadn't been as good as other times, but we try to put notes in the podcast wherever you get your podcast, there'll be notes there. So typically, if we reference, like we've referenced the creative act by Rick Rubin many different times, we try to put that in there um so that you guys have access to those resources so i know sometimes we tend to just click on a podcast and then think like oh i missed this thing that was in there um if there's any references to any books or uh even documentaries like we had last time uh we try to put those in the notes so if you guys got any questions I can typically refer back to there if we miss anything feel free to reach out to us but it's just something i wanted to mention
0: yes thank you so much for mentioning that like follow share comment email us yeah and and all of those things he just said about the show notes. I appreciate that. Man, today we've got a friend of mine on the podcast, Rose Sims. I also know her as Rhonda. Uh, Rhonda and I met in a leadership program and yeah, we just became friends really quickly in in the process. We sort of sat beside each other when we had all of our speakers. It seemed like that we sort of gravitated to each other and she inspires me. We meet for coffee every couple months and just talk about life and the world, and basically do what we do on this podcast, so it only made sense to have her on here, to have one of those conversations with us, so I'm really excited to have her. Ro is a mom, a wife, a realtor, an entrepreneur, fellow podcaster, she has a podcast called The Mom Mike, which I'm sure we'll get into in our conversation today, but man, just an all-around incredible person, yeah ro welcome to the show how's it going today
2: going good how are you guys thank you guys for having me
0: so excited to have you on here i guess maybe before we really get into a lot of conversation and stuff like that maybe if you just want to give us a brief i don't know two to three five minute spill on kind of who you are and where you are in life currently
2: yeah i think i need 30 minutes but no i'm good <laughs> so, I am Rose Sands. Um, I always say I am is a strong, very strong, strong, defying thing that you can start with introducing yourself with. So, first, I am a child of God. Like, that is always number one for me. Um, I am a mom of four, and I'm a wife. And um, I'm excited about being here today. I am from um, Newberry, South Carolina, which is a very small town in South Carolina, so born and raised in the country as a country kid. Uh, One of the things I always say is that, you know, my upbringing is a huge part of who I am today. And I pull from so many dynamics of that. I was born in Newberry, uh, came to Columbia, South Carolina, and went to the University of South Carolina, graduated from there. And I have not left since um, I graduated, started and planted my family here um, I met my husband in 2017 and uh, we have been married now for six years. He is an active military soldier. So I am a officially military wife. So, so some things about me, uh, I have been an entrepreneur uh, since the day I was born. Um, I am from a, a background of a home of an um, alcoholic father, so a lot of my survival ways were doing the right thing and staying on track and always being um, following order to make sure that i had a room for survival um, a couple other things i can think of i started a real estate career in it's been eight years now and had a very has had a very successful real estate career as i had my first son i was in the corporate space for a while but i prayed and wanted some more opportunity for flexibility so I end up getting my license when my son's was six months. Um, I worked into um, getting licensed and certified in South Carolina, then opened up my own real estate business. And that's how I end up meeting my husband. So we opened our real estate business, been operating in that space for the last eight years, had, had a tremendous opportunity to serve so many wonderful people. Um, a lot of our business come from referral-based, relationship-based business. And I don't buy leads. I don't pay for leads. All of my leads come from organic relationships with knowing people and knowing who they are. Um, So right now I am in a career shift and I know we'll talk about that a little bit more, but I am still operating my business full time. All of my kids are currently in school and um, I'm just excited about, you know, just introducing who I am and telling my story. So thank you guys for having me here.
0: Thank you for that. And after all of the things that you're into, yeah, thank you for taking the time to, to spend some time with us this morning. I really appreciate that part and your busy schedule. Um, obviously, Rhonda, or excuse me, obviously, Ro, you and I know, you and I know each other. We met each other in uh, leadership Columbia in a leadership program here locally a couple years ago. So even in your intro right there, you said some things that, I wasn't completely familiar with or didn't know, you know, some of the other stuff I am familiar with. But I guess the first thing that I sort of want to pick at is you're speaking directly to Taylor and I with your your professional path. You had had some uh, corporate experience and then dabbled in some entrepreneurship, you know, and then thinking about a career shift at this time. It's very difficult to do that. Um I'm, I'm sure that it's more difficult to do that with kids. That's something that neither Taylor and I have. And I'm just thinking about the fear that I've had, the uncertainty I've had, the self-doubt I've had just as a single person and, and now as a person in a relationship just navigating all those things by myself. And I can't imagine navigating those things and going through that with children. Uh, you said four kids, right?
2: Yes I have four so we're we're a blended family. My husband had a son before we got married, and I had a son before uh we both got married, and we shared two kids together, so we're absolutely blended and crazy, but yeah, we're blended four kids uh, my oldest is ten my youngest is two
0: okay yeah um so talk a little bit about just like how you how you process and navigate a a change that big, whether it be you know financially risk that's a that's a big risk there's a lot going on so just kind of talk through that a little bit
2: i will say probably for the last couple of years i've been uh torn on uh, just being in the right place and right space where i'm supposed to be serving um i had my my oldest son eight years ago and i remember writing myself a letter in this space of um like feeling lonely during motherhood and and not having the community around me to support me You know, I had a a phenomenal mom and she's been awesome. But when I think about it, we didn't often talk about what motherhood would look like and how it would absolutely change my life drastically. So I wrote this letter, like this love letter to myself, and it was really to, to other moms to really inspire them on the journey that they were not alone. So even before I decided to step into the opportunity of a career shift eight years ago, I didn't know that I was already being who I needed to be to have what I wanted to have. So in that journey of eight years, I've been doing different things in motherhood arena, supporting moms, being an advocate, um, fighting with maternal you know, maternal health, being an advocate in my community, informing people, educating them about the things that are of challenges with maternal health. So to draw back to that, when I think about many of the opportunities and shifts that I had, um, navigating that with kids is, What's most important to me now that I've learned is that I'm in the right space. So I'm aligned in the right space so that the off-product and byproduct of who I am to serve my family is at the highest of who I am. So I have fear, of course, you know, running a real estate business, you're like, okay, I make really good money. If I go in nonprofit space, this is what I'm looking at. If I go in nonprofit space, this is a total change of career shift. Um, but I always remember what my mentor says. He always says it's not about how much money you make; it's how you make your money. So, being in the right alignment and space for the last couple of months that I've been in prayer and uh, very much committed to uh, just aligning myself in spaces where I need it to be, it, it's been a very intentional space. I've had to gain a lot of patience in this space, just being able to hear from the right source that what I'm doing is. Is absolutely the right thing. Of course, I had moments of fear where I'm like, if I transition careers, I've been in this space for the last eight years, this could be embarrassing to my family, embarrassing to career shifts on what I'm doing. So I had to overcome a lot of things, just encouraging myself that I'm doing the right thing and I'm in the right place. And I believe that because everything aligned perfectly. I didn't have to fight for it. I didn't have to um, force myself in a place where I, I did not I should not have been. So my daily prayer for the last six months, I went into 2020, it's 2023 now. I went into 2023, remind you that um, consistently for the last eight years, I usually close about 35 to 40 transactions. In 2023, I had my first closing. I didn't have a closing from January into July. And I felt like that was intentional. Not for me, for me to be able to be in a space of being truly open to what I'm supposed to be doing. So that gave me time and space to be able to uh, be in prayer, to be in meditation in the mornings, to be directly aligned with what I was passionate about doing and feeding into that space. So I believe that that time of needing to be separated from where I was growing from was an opportunity for me to be focused on where I was going so to not have a closing from january to july is like oh my god god what is going on right now like i have a family of six (laughs) and my husband just did a career shift as well still in the military but career shift changes and like this is happening to me but it was happening to me for a purpose for me to open up my eyes and see the possibilities of other things that that i was uh, searching for and that i was supposed to be stepping into so my prayer for those six months had always been, God, I just wanna be in alignment with you. I just wanna be in alignment with you. That was my daily prayer. And everything that lined up was perfectly in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing or what I'm what I'm looking to do and will be doing soon.
0: A lot of what you just said spoke to me and, and resonates with me. Taylor and I talk all the time about our intuition and and just like presence and being silent and still and allowing those sort of things to develop because how often are those things right at our doorstep and we look past it and we're like man nothing ever goes the way I want it to I don't never get any opportunities but like no the opportunities right there you just weren't open to receiving it and so that's a beautiful thing and you just sort of made that sound very elegant and almost simple, but man, that is a very, very difficult and important thing for people to understand because it's so easy to say, Oh, I could sit right here in my little comfort zone. You know, I can go back to the corporate world or I could just really dig in on the real estate or whatever piece it may be like, no, we don't need any change. We got mouths to feed, which is a huge thing. But anyway, to be open to making that shift, I think is just so important and and really critical. And the other thing that I picked up out of there that you mentioned that I've been thinking about a lot lately was you said some things that your mentor had told you. It sort of started to become a theme on here with our guest talking about mentorship and just how important important and critical it is to have people in your corner that can look at things objectively and sit down with you and say, these are your strengths. These are some of the places you could stand to grow in. And this is what I'm seeing from you. And it's not always a friend or a family member, but um, that was one thing that I was just thinking about that I've, I've been thinking about a lot lately because mentorship may not be somebody in your company. It may not be somebody in your circle, but just like, so maybe just the value that's, that that's had on you and sort of how that came about.
2: So Mentorship, I used to always look at mentorship like I had to know this person or be introduced to this person for them to be my mentors. But one of the things that I'm learning is that in whatever season I am, I'm always shifting towards the people that I'm supposed to be hearing, right? So my mentor, who's probably one of the hugest mentors right now, who has a a huge impact on spiritual, financial, how I look at things so differently, is Julian Gordon, and I've never met him a day in my life. But what I do is sometimes your mentorships are indirectly. You can be reading a book, you can be following their classes, um, you can be connecting with them through social media. But sometimes those people are indirect mentors. I have them, I have mentors that I can call on the phone. I have mentors in different areas of my life, and it's always been such a valuable thing. Like you said, you can look at they can look at things from a different level from what you're looking. A lot of times we're in the weeds and we're trying to survive and move from day to day. But when you have a good mentor, they're overlooking the things that, you know, the things that are guiding you or the things that they may see that may be things that are reoccurring with you. So when I look at mentorship, it's not always like I'm, that I'm paying someone to be a mentor or I have to call them directly. It's those people who are resonating to lead me where I want to be, where I'm looking to be. And that's been big for me because I used to hone into the fact, I don't have mentors. I don't have people I can talk to, but I've learned that my mentors are sometimes indirectly. And then another thing you mentioned, Nick, was one of the things I do is checkpoints. And I and I probably have these text messages saved in my phone, but I'll take maybe five or six people that, that may know me in different spaces and I do checkpoints and I say, what do you see as my stress? What do you see as my weaknesses? What things do you see I need to work on? And I do take points like that periodically, just for me to learn and develop in areas where I may not see where I'm lacking or may not even see where I'm strong. So that allows me to have a different perspective in my ear to keep me pushing.
1: Uh, yes, you're, you're you're making this word synchronicities come to mind. I'm sure Teen was thinking the same thing. So what you don't know is that Teen and I are both doing this group coaching session. It's like a 10 week program. And it's called staying grounded in your growth zone. Anyway, a week and a half ago, that was literally our activity was to reach out to people and talk about our strengths and our gifts. So a lot of like aligned conversation going on here, which is awesome. Because yeah, just talk, you actually mentioned, I don't know if you called it synchronicities. But um, yeah, that's kind of the, the term that we've used for it.
2: Those are my check ins, some reminders for me to put in my bucket, you know, like, we oftentimes don't fill our own bucket. So how do we, you know, Inspire those buckets to be filled as often as possible. I have a basket in my office where I've had notes from clients and notes from my daughter and my son on things like that are inspiring to me. So I just drop them in the basket. So when I need to pull them at moments like, you know, Nick, like you said, when you're going through the weeds and you're making hard decisions where it's off, I'm telling you, like my husband will tell you, like he's never seen me like I've been for the past six months. He will tell you, he will say, <laughs> my wife was strong, but I knew that sh- something was shifting for her because I'd never seen her in this space. So he talks about that often, and it's true because there were times where I was super depressed, like super did not <laughs> did not sometimes want to move and get out of the bed um, because I was in a place where like how did I get here? Like how am I revamping and restarting my entire life at 39? And it's scary. But it's so necessary as you're stepping into new places and you're required to do new things that you have to start tearing down those layers of things that you've learned in the past, um, things that you know you no longer want to take in the future with you. I think about even from a state of spirituality, from a state of marriage, from a state of how to raise my kids. All these things have been kind of redefined for me. You know, I remember what my parents used to do, but. What is it that I want to do with my marriage? What is it that I want to do with my career and life? What is it that I, how do I want to raise my children? Not how my mom raised me, not how my grandmother raised her, but how do I define that for myself? And that's that's kind of the space I've been in. That's a hard ass space to be because it's it's different. It's against the odds. It's not following society. It's following what, what you defined, um life to be to you what you define joy to be for you so that's a different space to be in and oftentimes you find yourself alone in those spaces but it's so necessary if you're going to step into a new place
1: yeah that was where i was gonna go i i think that when you hear people say stuff like i gave myself this space of six months whatever it sounds like such a simple thing but i think it's so important and i think it's so hard in our society where we're taught to just like, you're supposed to just keep moving forward. And it's like, well, hang on. Sometimes you have to step out of the the race to like see, have perspective and see what's going on. And then the other thing that you mentioned just around like the unwinding period that really hits home for me. I think that like, we tend to look at things as like, well, no, you're just supposed to kind of blindly follow and all these different aspects of your life. And society pushes you in these directions. And I think typically I used to look at that as like, well, yeah, I need, I want to do these things, right? I want to be successful and have this stuff and everybody's telling me to do this, but it was never like my decision. And I remember thinking like, well, I don't want to go against the grain because that not only is scary, but then am I like taking the alternative path that I shouldn't be taking? And I found it to be the opposite. Every time I've like, when I had gave myself the space to start to question some of that stuff in all aspects of my life and say like who am i really and like strip away all this stuff that like people and society and all these other things told me I should be it's like so empowering i feel like and you get um but it and i feel like it all fits together because the the question that i was going to get at for you and you've already touched on it a little bit so i don't know if you can elaborate on it more but i hear a lot of people say like well how do you know like what that next step is you know um, and I think that my answer to that would typically be, and based on what you said, I'm assuming you would go down a similar path with your answer, was like, well, you need to take the space first. You know, you can't just jump from one thing to another without knowing like that direction that you're going in. But yeah, the question that I get, though, is like, well, how do you know, right? And you touched on it earlier, and I know that people, particularly in our culture and our society, probably don't necessarily like this answer, or maybe it doesn't resonate until you've been through it. But we look at things really rationally, right? It's like, all right, here's the pros and here's the cons, and how am I going to do this? I feel like when you take a step back and you strip things away and you let go, these like synchronicities happen, and the path becomes like super clear and easy. I'm I'm putting your words, you know, I'm just reframing <laughs> your words, but can you speak to that? Because I think it's, I just think it's so important, and I think sometimes it gets overlooked in our society in a just the way that we're wired, right? We're very like. Hey, if it's not working for you, just go harder. And I actually think that that can be the opposite of what we need to do. So can you talk to that just a little bit on like a deeper level of like, all right, well, how did you know that it was the right thing? Like what, what feelings were there? What experiences took place to say, like, this is the path for you. And deep down in your heart, like you knew it was right. Like I heard that when you said it, it came out that way.
2: So some of the things that I can resonate that, that I felt in the process and journey and I'll start back, because I said eight years, and it really has been eight years. It's been it's been since I had my son, that's kind of put me in this space of the potentiality of something that was different, right? So I always, <laughs> this is in real estate training, and this has been in mentorship as well, um, be, do, have. Like you, you have to be something first, and you have to be be something first, do it, and then have it, right? So even before I knew I was, I was going to have the opportunity to be in a space to inspire and develop, and make change and make impact. I was being that person before I even knew that um, that God was aligning me into this different space. So even over the eight years, I was already already being in a space of impact, being in a space of advocacy, um, having this feeling in my heart that something wasn't right. Like I needed to be a voice for someone else. It wasn't about selling homes. It wasn't about um, making the next transaction. It was more so how can I, how can I have the strength to be able to speak from a space that allows you to have the opportunity to be safe, to be secure, to be uh, free. Um, And I was using my voice to be able to do that so many years ago. Not realizing that the opportunity for me to be in that space was was my next my next chapter. I think times we we question the fact of you know am I am I walking in my purpose? am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing like that has been consistent all of my life like God, what am I supposed to be doing? what gifts have you given me to be able to bring on uh, heaven on earth like it's supposed to be done? what are you providing me with? in this season, what's my life purpose? And I think it changes and it shifts. There's never a, I would say there's never a one thing. God has never allowed me just to be in one space. It's always been different spaces that he's allowed me to serve in. But one thing that remained consistent with me is that uh, my values and my power to connect with people has always been the same. You know, oftentimes sit and develop, like what things have been consistent throughout each career, Each business, each opportunity that I've been a part of. And it's always been my consistency to connect with people. And that's my gift. So when I think about chapters and purposes, you know, what things are allowing me to shift into this space, that one consistent value resonates with me, consistent gift resonates with me, consistent skill resonates with me throughout, you know, everything that I've been doing. And when I talk about getting into transition, I know you mentioned how did I know and how did I, you know envision that this was the opportunity for me? I was intentional in those six months. I took time and I applied for, I applied for different jobs. I had an um, interview with a high paying for position for Microsoft and was almost guaranteed that job. And I was going to take it only because of the pay, not so much of what it did. It was a, in real estate, it was an opportunity to work remote paid really good money, but it was not what I was supposed to be doing. So I knew that the denials, the things that I was searching, the things that I wanted, and every time I applied for them, when it was I, 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 I was denied. (laughs) And everything that I knew that I was supposed to be doing, I started to be more intentional about that. So how do I search for jobs or opportunities that allowed me to be in a space where I can serve in maternal health because that's my passion. That's what I love to do. So I start being very intentional about looking at companies that were doing it, um, organizations that were serving in that space. And what started happening for me is that opportunities were there. Opportunities where, hey, we're currently hiring. We're looking to build our team. Here's an opportunity that we're looking to expand. And that's not normally the case when you look at opportunities. Like we talk about the job market right now is so saturated, so many people are looking for jobs, but I knew that I was in the right space when I was looking in the right places and they were coming easily for me to um, be attached to. Some significant things that happen. I am a part of a very large organization called Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, and um, I have a sorority sister who is actually in the process right now launching an app uh, for maternal health. and. She's techie. She's been in corporate CEO positions at hospitals. Um, But the particular position I was applying for, she was actually on the advisory board at the organization. So I actually never knew this lady until a mutual friend introduced me to her within this time frame as I'm digging and searching and looking where I needed to be. And me and her had a phone call, meeting each other over the phone. We were talking about our passion, advocacy work, and maternal health. And we'll say, we say we'll stay connected and we stayed connected. We will chat on the phone. We will, you know, do coffee and lunch, but she was not anyone that I knew long before. She was not a friend, but being able to see how things just lined up, like she was in my pathway. Um, she was, she was an advocate for me as well. Um, she, you know, put me down as a referral. I'll support you. I know the work that you're doing in the community. So I'm thinking about those things and how events just lined up for, an opportunity that I didn't even think was possible. I'd had no idea. So when I um, got a opportunity offer last week, um, the lady called and she said, Hey, uh, we want to offer you the position. And she said, I'll be honest with you. This is very hard. And there were so many people who have done so much more work in this space than you have, but there was something that kept drawing our team back to you. And to me, that was alignment like that was intentional that wasn't just by coincidence that that happened so i think about those significant events and how they continuously fell into place for me and it was an assurance for me to know that i'm in the right space it was my intuition to know that i'm headed in the right direction yes do i have moments of fear absolutely i haven't even started yet and i i'm still fearful of the fact like did i make the right choice am i making the right decision um but that's something that I can overcome because I have the reminders, like you said, the significant things that happened and lined up as a reminders of why I'm supposed to be here.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate you going into detail. And, and you took action, you know, teen, I know you love Adam Jerpy's quote, courage isn't action in the absence of fear, it's action in the presence of fear. And I think that's another big thing. You know, you can't just sit there and like in the comfort of your home and say, hey, I'm taking time, just let me draw something in and show me the way. It's like, well, you got to do something too, you know? And I think talking to different people and taking those baby steps. But yeah, I appreciate you sharing that story. That's awesome.
2: But the other thing, you know, in the midst of all of this, like this, I had five interviews with this organization. And in the midst of all this, my son was home with me during the entire time. He had RSV, he had hand, foot, mouth, he had COVID. And I shifted and navigated around that space. I was so worried about him because he was sick, but I knew I still had to show up in that space. Like oftentimes as moms and women, You know, we will default for our children. We will say, okay, I'm not gonna do this today because my kid is sick, or I'm not gonna do this because this is happening. But one of the things that I've been vocal about with my mom group and my mom community is that we still have to show up because our titles are just our titles. We're not created just to be mom. We're not created just to be wife, we're not created just to be friend. Those are just titles. There's so much more to us than those roles, right? So those were reminders for me as I sh- showed up on my interviews, as I showed up to be the best of me of who I am and to to be able to market my gifts and to be able to market my talent, that even though I was challenged mentally with my son being sick, I still had to show up in the space that I was supposed to serve and be in. So <laughs> that was a huge, huge impact on those, those couple of weeks when I had those interviews.
0: Yeah, I view that as, like, just super courageous. I mean, as as a mom, you know, with kids that are going through stuff, obviously that is an enormous priority in your life, as it should be. And I don't want to say that people use that as a cop-out, but I just hear, like, I hear that in your voice of, like, I just had this strong pull. And so I just really respect you being open to hearing it and then, as Taylor said, taking an action. And that doesn't mean in any way that you're neglecting You know, your your role as a mom, you know, I mean, and and maybe even different than that for you, it's going to inspire your kids to know that they can go and do whatever they want to do. I don't know. I just think that it's important. You know, we get on this like, you know, um, mom should this or whatever. And and I, I don't really buy into much of that because. This mom, you, Rose Sims, should do what you feel led to do. You should do what you feel like is in the best service of your children and in the best service of yourself. And I just really respect that because I think that's important instead of jumping on one side of the fence and being like, well, I do this. So this is right. And they do that. So that's right. Maybe staying at home is right for some moms. Maybe working is right for some moms and whatever it is for whoever else. I just think that's important to always mention. Because I feel like we're in this society today of like, hurry up and pick your side so we can fight the other side. And we're all just out there trying to do the best that we can do. And so I respect you for the way that you approach it and the way that you do it. And I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, that's good, Nick. It's like, um, I was looking, I think I was listening to a podcast. I may be looking at a real, and it was kind of that pick sides. Like, you know, if you're a breastfeeding mom, you should be against the moms who bottle feed. Or if you're a bottle feeding mom, you should be against the moms who breastfeed. Like, we're all feeding our baby. Just let us do it in whatever way we choose to, right? Like, let us show up in the whatever way we need and be supportive all the way around. And that's where those pressures come from with society. That's why it takes so much energy to protect your space, being able to, to make sure that you're allowing things to vibrations to enter into you that are uplifting that are good um, that don't deter you in the spaces where you have to continuously fight back and forth so that's so important
0: it is and i always say this i have this idea for a book called both can be true and we forget that like breastfeeding moms can think that that's the best way and non-breastfeeding moms can think that's the best way and it's okay And and we're so bad at that. And like, even when I advocate for something, that doesn't mean that I hate the other side or that I think the other side's wrong. This is what aligns with me. And this is what speaks to me. And so I'm going to advocate for that. And that's okay. I I just think there's space for all of it without the the anger that comes with it and the maybe fear that, oh, maybe I'm doing this wrong. So I got to really put the screws in and say, I'm right. This is the only way to do it. And I just, I don't know. I think that's crap. Like, I know that you have a podcast called The Mom Mike. You advocate for moms. Okay, I'm not a mom. That doesn't mean that I can't think, man, that's awesome that Ro is out there reaching out to a group that really speaks to her and that she can add value to. So if it's um, black women or moms or whatever demographic you choose, I can support you guys, you know, even though I don't fit in the category. It doesn't have to be this wrestling or competition all the time that I feel like that we create a lot of times.
2: Yeah, that's so true. I get passionate
0: about that one. I can talk about that one all day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. It's more simpler if we just, you know, like you said, it can be both. It can be both.
0: Well, I know that I did just mention the mom, Mike that you host. Actually, I need to tell you this right now, Ro, because my girlfriend Nikki oh, and goodness. I just talked about this on the way up here, and actually I was in this little cabin when I said it. I came up here like a couple of days after I had coffee with you one morning, and I was talking about this idea that I wanted to have a podcast. And Nikki reminded me on the way up here, she was like, well, you just sat down and you said, Rhonda said she ain't hanging out with you again until you record an episode. Forget all the rest of the stuff. You wanna do a podcast, you do a podcast. And I was like, and apparently that really hit me because I (laughs) shared it with her. And I was like, I can't even hang out with her again until I record an episode on my podcast. (laughs) So we had a guest on last week that hit us with that mid episode and he was like, "Teen." I started my podcast in large part because I had lunch with you and you were like, dude, just do it. I did it. Just do it. And so, yeah, I had the same experience with you. So I really appreciate that because I needed that, that little nudge of like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Let's just start the damn thing. And here we are almost a year in, we started in November of last year. So we're at almost 10 months.
2: Yeah. Your consistency inspires me. I'm like, I can do this, if I just record an episode a week, I'll be good, like I can I can keep up, you know, I have so many topics, have so many people that can be a part of this, it's just, like literally you inspire me too, so I don't think you, I don't know if you know that, but it goes hand in hand. I'm like, hey, how can we grow this thing together? So I started a podcast in 2018. I actually started it, I actually started on my dad and released it on my dad's birthday. Um, I lost my dad in 2019, uh, so I, I ended up picking November 15th as the release date. So I'll celebrate 18, 19, 20, to a couple years here for my podcast release. Actually, 2021. I'm sorry, I said 2018. Um, but I started on, I released it on his birthday, and the Mom Mic was created as a community space for moms to have conversation. Very authentic, very open, safe space for moms to share. I think oftentimes we we do motherhood but we don't talk about motherhood so that was my struggle when I was a first-time mom is that who the hell is talking about this who's talking about not being able to sleep at night um, struggling with you know career shifts and whether I want to work or whether I'm not work and dealing with what society says we should do um, from even the scope of just redefining who I am now in a space as a mom because that changes. who you are just in general your your anxiety goes up you worry a lot more and the mom might was a space for moms to come to I usually feature a guest a week to be able to come on and just talk about things that they're passionate about talking about and it's it's a community that I've developed and uh, will continue to grow Um, I love to have moms who are who are open to sharing their story, whether it's from postpartum, whether it's from career shifts, whether it's from entrepreneurship, we talk about absolutely everything. So um, that's that space for moms to come to. I'm available on Apple and um, all of the the big podcast uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple um, podcasts as well. So find me there. It's at the mom mic. Of course, love to have you guys who are interested in listening and to share it with those in the community that you know will benefit from being in
0: that space yeah thank you for that I appreciate it that's awesome and just yeah thinking about that you doing that was part of the inspiration for for this is really cool and I just love that I love all thinking about different podcasts you know yours serves a very specific demographic which I think is very important because that creates camaraderie which is important to be able to have a platform like you said to talk about things that apply specifically here and people may be comfortable to talk about them, whereas they may not be comfortable to talk to them in other settings. So I just think that's so awesome that you do that among all of the million other things that you do that you still are committed to doing that. And also, don't you do some writing for a local publication as well?
2: Yeah, so I do write for uh, Columbia Moms Platform here in Columbia, which is a publication. It's pretty much like a dictionary for parents and moms. <clears throat> and you know, I write about some of the Columbia pieces, like exploring parks in Columbia, from parenting advice. Um, so I I published there. I've been with them for a year now, and it's been an amazing community just to be connected to so many moms. <clears throat> the founder of that publication is is Tiffany Nittles, and she founded a couple years ago. Uh, she she was part two as being a first time mom and decided she didn't want to go back to work. So she started this, this resource for Columbia moms and you can absolutely find everything there. You can find everything from summer programs to summer camps to, uh, schools in the area, Friday night events for kids for the weekend. It is a super incredible hope mom directory. That's what it is. So um, I enjoy working. I enjoy writing. I've always been a writer. If you find me, if you ever gift me with anything, I have journals all around my house. <laughs> so I write often. Um, I have a a white bin storage tub of journals that I've brought with me since college, since high school, and I write. And that's kind of how I process a lot of my thoughts is through my writing. So, you know, if my husband ever, you know, if Leaving my legacy will be a part of my writings in my books. Um, I think my kids can probably paint my whole life <laughs> through my journals, and and that's a, that's an outlet for me to be able to to use journals and I always have one with me. I always carry one with me. Nick probably say that too because when we were in leadership Columbia class, I always had my own journal, my own notebook, and and that's been a consistent routine throughout my life. Yeah, you did. I, I wanted to make sure that I
0: talked about this on here. I used to always sit next to Rhonda every time we had a speaker. I don't know why, but she just became like my little buddy in our classes and we would always sit together and listen to these speakers. And I would crack jokes with her, but really it was because I respect you. Like, she would process what the speaker was saying in real time and like have her own little sub conversation under her breath with the speaker and be like, yep, I agree with that too. Or like, Oh, did you think about this? (laughs) And she wasn't saying it to the class, but she would be writing and writing. So it was like her just like in the moment, I just got to witness you doing all that and processing it, which is awesome because like you said, that's an outlet for you. And I meant to mention this earlier when you were talking about all the different things that you do, and your journal had this written on there, so it made me think about it now, which is self-care and how important that is. You know, we talked talking about being patient and waiting on the opportunities, but in that, I think self-care is so important. I know that's something that you take serious, whether it be physical health, mental health, spiritual health. Um that a lot of times is the first thing that we don't do when we get busy, you know? Um, so the writing, I think, is a huge one for you. And just wanted to mention self-care in general, because I know that's real important to you as well.
2: Yeah, so self-care is tough. I will say, I'm not gonna say it's tough, but it's it's kind of hard to fit in sometimes when you have so many demands on your life, especially with uh, my family structure. Um, so I've always been an athlete, an athlete all my life. My dad was a coach when I was growing up. So I've always been around sports. Uh, so for me, working out has always been my go-to, but more so intentional in 2018 when my husband was deployed and I lost my dad within that year when he was gone and I lost a really good friend as well. And I was in the highest point of my business. I sold the most real estate I ever have. I had awards for selling real estate, um, but I was burn the hell out and I was managing three kids under 10 and I literally got sick and I lost like 45 pounds literally just sick as a dog so my mom moved in a couple of months with me uh, to help take care of me and my kids but that was a pivotal point for me because I knew that me taking care of me was the first thing that I had to do absolutely every day there was no negotiation there was no alternatives to that. So that was a life changing opportunity for me to just, you know, make sure that self-care is a big part of who I am and also to be able to advocate that for other moms to be able to just, even if it's 10 minutes in the car, even if it's in the pickup line, just being able to take time just to process the day. And, you know, that's been priority for me. That's been a consistent routine. Fitness health has always been consistent routine, eating the right foods. I have begin to understand in my late 30s that food have a direct impact on how I feel. So I know when I eat certain things, I know how my body is going to respond. I know what's going to give me energy. I know what's not going to give me energy. So I've been very conscious about um, knowing Rhonda, like knowing Ro, like just being able to know who I am, what I like, what my body likes, what my body does not like, when I need to rest. And that's been a very hard space for me. And my husband, I absolutely tell you, he'll be like, look, I need you to not do nothing today. And that's sometimes impossible for someone who finds purpose in moving. Like I found purpose in doing things all the time. I've always been like that as a kid. So to be able to rest and relax is very an intentional space that I have to work on doing all the time. So self-care is a huge part um, of something that I have picked up as as a rhythm to allow me to be and serve in the other spaces that I'm able to serve in.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That, that really hits home for me right now. I'm kind of in the, some challenging parts of my business and I'm like, you know, eating out on the road. So I'm not eating as well as I should. I'm like abandoning my exercise routine. And like this past week, I was like, went to the gym. Honestly, I think I missed like a week. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize you take it for granted (laughs) because that becomes your baseline and you don't realize, and I will say, and we've, we've talked about this on another podcast. I think sometimes people think like, oh, I, I want to work out because I want this like good looking body and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. we all have some yeah. <laughs> aspect of that where it's like, you know, we all like to like put on some muscle or lose weight, whatever your goal is, you know, but bigger than that is the mental health mm-hmm. piece, you know, where it's like yes. the stress relief, the ability for me to to just like, I'm in complete control, right? Whatever your thing is, if you're running, you can run further. You're if you lift weights, you can lift more, you know, do more reps or whatever. Like you have complete control over that. So I just feel like, It's that one environment that you have, like it's just show up and do the work, you know, because you can't always control things in the work environment. You can control whether you show up and put the work in in the gym. And I just think it's so important. I think sometimes we miss the boat in our culture, in our society when we talk about that specifically as exclusively a like superficial, I want to look this way. It's like that is secondarily for me, right? It's secondary to me. It's like, you know, hey, I want to feel this way. And another good benefit of that is, you know, looking quote unquote better or whatever you want to say. <laughs> that's the but,
2: byproduct yeah. of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the byproduct. Like when I lost my dad, um, the I would say I say directly, the gym saved my life. Like it literally did. It was the it was a space where I was able to process grief. And like you said, Taylor, like it was the time where I had to be able to sit in that space. Um, but I could push myself as far or as less as I wanted to, and I had complete control of that and that was my grief process when it came to my dad like that was the way i processed him losing him so it's you know once you do something a certain amount of times and consistently you know that's something like if you stop doing it your body literally says or your mind literally says i need you to get back to this i need you to get back to this place because you created a habit for so long if i miss the gym two three days that's like I feel disconnected. Like I feel like you know I'm not in my habitat. I'm not doing what I normally do as a routine. So, yeah, it, it is so much bigger than looking a certain way. Like I mean, that is a byproduct of going to the gym. You 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 know you get some benefits from that, but it makes me feel different. It allows me to process mentally. A lot of my podcasts ahas come from and topics come from being in the gym. Like I can process a whole show during a whole workout. Like, oh, we need to do this and you know, I can I can interview so and so on this topic. So it is a space it is a safe space for me. It is. Yeah, that's that's running
0: for me. I'll pull out my phone. With my little notes app, and I'm like, I got to get this idea down right now because I got four more miles <laughs> yeah. to go, and I might like, forget it. And I'll be writing my ideas down. So I'm not texting and driving while I'm running. If people see me with my phone, I'm usually writing down a great idea that I think I have that I want to put into action. But you're talking about that self care with the gym, it makes me think of we had Taylor's sister, Kelly, on our podcast, and she has three kids and she stays at home. And she was talking about how important it was bar for her that she goes to bar and she was like, I was there for three months and I heard somebody say something about the physical benefit. And she was like, I never even thought, I just come here for the mental. I didn't even think about the byproduct that it was actually helping my physical health as well. Um, But I mean, that just speaks to how important it is that yeah. a lot of times we think it's go to the gym, look like this, but it's like, no, go to the gym or whatever it is for you and feel like this and make yourself. Yeah. And 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 also on top of that, it's just like, I've been thinking a lot lately and talking about on here a lot lately about do things that bring you joy just for the sake, just for the fact that they bring you joy. It may not be for money. Like, yes, we want to do meaningful work. We want our career to bring us fulfillment and purpose. And I understand that. And that's important. Like meaningful work gives us a sense of purpose, but also to just do things that that make us happy. And yeah, me running makes me happy. Me writing makes me happy. Every little project that we do doesn't necessarily have to be, I need to make a million dollars on this or else I need to scrap it. Some things belong in this spot of just, man, this just serves my soul and I'm gonna continue to do it. And that's enough and that should be enough.
2: I know one of the classes that I attend in the morning, I read a book with a group, but I think about what you just said, like. It's not money that people are really after. It's the things that money can provide, right? Like money provides an opportunity to be free, like free with your time. And using that time maybe whether you're traveling, maybe you're hiking, maybe you're going to run marathons, maybe you're spending time with your family, but it's not the actual substance. It's not the actual $100 bill. It's more so what can this buy? What can this provide for me to have more joyful moments? Because you know that's what really matters. It, it's it's not the money. It's not the Benjamins. It's more so, the the opportunity that it links to.
1: I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, I should have known when team was we we think fairly similarly. I would I feel like, and when he <laughs> was going to bring you on, I should just know that when we bring guests on, we all love the guests that we. That we end up bringing on even when we don't know but yeah i mean the i completely agree with that you know and it sounds so funny i feel like sometimes in our society people are so driven towards money and it's like oh what is that right because a dollar bill physically like that that doesn't bring you any happiness like it doesn't and even the thing oftentimes that we're buying with it i think is a little bit can be oftentimes misguided right you're buying this car or house but what are you really trying to buy To your point, you know, and I think that a lot of the things that we want, if you continue to ask that question of like, okay, so the the dollar bill physically doesn't bring you happiness, how much happiness does like the house bring you? And I do think it can bring you some, right? If you're in a bad part of a neighborhood and maybe there's like a safety aspect of moving or like maybe you move to a community where there's like a pool and your kids can play there. Like that's real. Like that is a a benefit. I'm not going to sit here and say like, you know, there's no additional value in that. I think it's when we get tied up in thinking that it's going to solve all our problems or that, man, if I buy this $100,000 car, it's just going to, I'm going to feel so good and da 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 da. and it's like, well, no, that's going to be gone. And I think if we, it's healthy to ask those questions to be like, what do I really want? Like, what are, you know, another exercise that we've kind of gone through recently is like, what are, what are my values? And like, is this aligned to them? I'm certainly not saying that anybody's wrong for like trying to make more money, but just understand what that gives you and what it doesn't. It's not going to solve everything else. And I think it's really healthy. And I know that probably sounds like obvious, you know, when you say it, but to actually like be introspective and say, how much has this like infiltrated my life? And am i really chasing things that actually truly bring me happiness and joy, if you want to call it that, because I feel like happiness is fleeting and that are aligned to my values. Or is this just me like going down this path? Because society said like, well, you can get this promotion and they're going to pay you 30,000 more dollars. And you're like, damn, that's a big race. Like, but for what? Does that add incremental joy to your life?
2: Absolutely. That's like hands down. Hands down. You know, I I think about, you know, how, but it's how we talk money. How I'm taught money from the culture that I came from as an African-American woman is that you were always on the grind. You were always in the hustle, right? The hustle and bustle. I see my mom and dad hustle and bustle all the time. So that's a part of the culture that I'm in. But when I sit back and actually look like, there's scarcity nowhere. There's abundance all around us, right? So when you have a scarcity mindset, there's always a, you think things are lacking. Like money is not lacking. There's enough money for all of us. Just like oxygen, we don't wake up every morning and and ask God, can you please cut on the oxygen in the house this morning? Like he provides oxygen freely. Same thing with money. Money is abundant and there's access to money everywhere. And we've been gifted to create it by the gifts that we've been given and the things that we have already within us so to to think of money in the sense that we can think of air is the same opportunity to think of there's no scarcity around me there's always abundance around me and because of that I don't have to worry about money like all my needs are always already met even before I wake up in the morning they're already met so just thinking about money in those terms and being able to apply that to everything that we do so being able to apply that to making the next job decision or making the next business decision to know that there is abundance, regardless if you're making a hundred thousand dollars, if you're making $60,000, that all your needs are absolutely met and then more.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and then I feel like you get the opportunity to make the decision for the right reason, right? Which is what we were talking about before. It's like, well, hang on. I don't have the scarcity mindset where it's like, Oh, but this additional money, you know, if I don't have that, what am I going to be lacking? It's like, I'm already whole. I'm already whole. And where do I want to go from there? Right, that's a completely different mindset.
2: It is just like just like um, Nick, as he's transitioning to his new space. I think we talked about this on the bus in Leadership Columbia. It's been like, like when he said, "I was like, you absolutely need to be doing that." Like that is that is so your calling, and um, who cares about all the other things? Everything will line up as it should.
0: That's right. Yeah, because we can't we can't get there and say, "Well, I wish I would have done this eight years ago." And, and maybe we could use that as motivation for the next thing that comes up is like, I'm not going to wait around, but we don't need to be stuck in the past about it. I'm in this program with some people that are 25 years old and I'm 41 and it's perfectly fine. I'm right there where I need to be, when I need to be. And I have to be okay with that. I can't sit there and say, well, I should have done this when I was 25 and then I really would have been able to be in this career for 30 years, whatever, whatever. Like we can, we can do that all day long. Like we don't need, to Monday morning quarterback, it like we just need to listen to our intuition and trust it, and then actually action. Uh, you know, actually put it into action. Like Taylor was saying earlier about you, and that's what you've been so good at, in my opinion, Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Is is that actually like feeling it? It speaks to you, and then you put the wheels in motion. It may take longer than you want it to, but you're you're headed mm-hmm. in a, in a direction. And I I really that inspires me. So
2: absolutely.
1: I was just gonna say. I think we have this like tendency to we want to define the starting point. You know, you kind of touched on it there, teen and row. You said something earlier where like things that you were doing eight years ago were actually like related to the path that you're going on. Now you guys, I feel like with your situation specifically Teen, to give an example, you could say like, well, I made the decision a year and a half ago to pursue this other career. And it's like, man, you just made that decision when you were 40 years old. It's like, that's so late. And I was like, well, is that the starting point or were you making the decision when you were 30, when you started going to counseling or maybe it was before that when something else happened? You know, why do we always set the starting point as like, well, this is when I decided to do it because we're probably all doing things right now that we have no idea are connected to something in the future. But at some point, we're going to make that decision to, quote unquote, do something differently and pursue that path. But the starting point's going on now. We just don't realize yeah. it, you know?
2: Yeah, I had that moment. I woke up this morning, so I'm glad you mentioned that. That's so cool. So, so Alon, but I was talking to God and I was like, look, why didn't I, why is this happening to me eight years ago or five years ago? But I did I reflect back and I think about the skills that i developed as being an entrepreneur and, um, being able to build relationships with people, being able to establish relationships with vendors, all of these things prepared me for this moment, right? Like I wouldn't have gained none of that without going through those experiences and having that opportunity to to run a business, to build resilience. Like it takes resilience to run your own business, but skipping over those eight years and not doing that, I would not be prepared for the opportunity that I have now. So it is all perfect timing. It is in the right timing, it is in its timing. So no regrets, no regrets at all.
0: That's right. Yeah. My friend, one of my friends, he always says you're going to pay for your education one way or the other. And that's what it makes me think of if you would have skipped over all this stuff and you started your role now, well, you would be learning all that stuff once you get in your role that you've already learned in other parts of your life. And same for me, when I walk out of this counseling pro- program with a master's in rehabilitation counseling, my options are way different than some of the people in my program that just came right out of college. And that's no disrespect to them. That's just like you said, all of the stuff is interwoven for me. I could go in a corporate setting right now and counsel somebody and have a way different understanding and relationship than some people that haven't had the experience that I've had. So I agree 100%. I think it's all connected and and I'm kind of meshing my two worlds together and I'm going to be able to take that wherever I go.
1: I don't know if this is unrelated, but there was another theme there that the thing that I love about the, what you said, Ro, because I think that dean and i talk about this all the time and and in our culture it's presented as like a you don't know what you're doing or a scary thing when you kind of like change directions all the time and i would actually argue i don't agree with that at all i actually think the opposite is true but i was just curious related to that like you said you graduated from usc what was your degree in because you've done all these things (laughs) and uh by your laughter i'm assuming it's going to be like something completely different that you're not even um, no in not
2: it, it's a it's probably a consistent part of gotcha I, my degree is finance and marketing okay um but like i have a i have a certification in interior design like i had a home staging business as well as a real estate business so i've been i've always been a creator i always can see things visually you know and put things together so that's kind of that's been my background so finance and marketing i end up going into uh doing analytical work with a IT company, actually, when I graduated college through an internship. So I had no idea really what I was going to do. I just I just kind of fell into the opportunities that came, not defining my space, but more so just falling into a space. And, you know, that's what I did for so long and then decided to do something totally different. My mom was like, are you crazy? Like, you're going into entrepreneurship? Like, you got to work for your own money? Like, this is insane. Like, you know, you get that pushback all the time from, you know, definitely family, people who care about you who want you to be what they consider safe. And I got that often. And I've always been beating against the odds and doing things differently. And that's kind of been, been, been who I, who I've been for so long.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I I mean, I was asking, you know, because it sounds like you did kind of take that sequential path a little bit. And then you said, you know what, I don't, I don't want this anymore. And I fully appreciate like how scary that is. And Team and I talked about this on a podcast, I think two, two episodes ago. And that fear can be crippling. And I completely understand when people don't want to take that first step. But on the other side of that scale is living your whole life just doing something that society told you to do. And you get to the end of that and you're like, I don't like this. I feel like you lose yourself. (laughs) I don't like it. Well, you already knew you didn't like it, right? You've done 30 (laughs) years. And then it just gets cemented in your body and you can't even unwind it. And so I feel like we're really good about talking about the fear Mm -hmm. of making a decision in the short term and what that might look like and all the side effects of that, a potentially lost income and all these other things. But man, what about that? Like Just knowing hopefully that you lived for another 35 years or lived for longer, but you spent another 35 years in the corporate workforce, just like knowing that that was not your path. Like, that's so scary. You don't get the chance to just hit redo and do it again. You know, so like, hey, I get it. The fears can be overwhelming. Fear can be overwhelming of making that decision in the short term. But can we at least acknowledge that like, huh, it's coming one way or the other. And that other one to me seems like way bigger. And that to me is like a kick in the butt to be like, well, I'd rather tackle this little fear now and figure it out and go down this other path and continue to pursue what speaks to me, even if that is the this- flowing path rather than I'm going to do what society tells me and take this promotion and this and stay within the same company and the industry. And then it's like, all right, but only, you know, and and maybe for some people we always leave space on here. Like if that's what speaks to you and you like it, then you do that. But the big thing is only, you know, it speaks to you. And I think we know deep down whether we want to deny it or not. Like we know if it's like, man, I'm in alignment and this stuff is like pushing me towards this direction. If that is your direction. Awesome. You want to be the CEO of this big fortune 500 company. You go for it and you nail it. But I know there's a lot of other people out there who are just following a path that isn't for them. And you can't just bury your head in the sand because those it's going to rear its head at some point. you know.
2: It is. It is. It's going to come out some kind of way. I, I went into entrepreneurship with all odds against me. Like I was pregnant or had my son and he probably was, what, six months old. And um, I was a single mom at that time. I didn't meet my husband until years later. So I actually hustled and bustled as a single mom. They gave me a six month severance. Well, actually, they called me into the office, and they were like, "Hey, um, we're going to consolidate your job. We're going to put one position together. Or you can reapply for it." And I decided not to reapply. They gave me a six month severance, and I lived off that six month severance until I was able to generate business um, through my real estate business. So, you know, I had to I had to definitely grind and hustle in that space, knowing that. You know, I was a sole provider of my son's um, livelihood, and I knew that that was survival for me to have to dig deep, to be in a space and grow a business where, you know, it was thriving and it was able to support us. And I was also able to serve people. So, you know, it's it was hard. It was not easy. And I think a lot of times people think that entrepreneurship is just, oh, you're free. You have freedom. Yeah, you have freedom, but you are solely responsible for your livelihood, literally. Um if you decide not to wake up and and not do work this whole entire month unless you have, you know, things built up where you can take time off like that, but you have to show up and nobody's necessarily pushing you out of bed and say, Hey, you gotta be here from nine to five. If you're not here, you're gonna get written up. And if you're not here, you'll get a, another written letter. Like you are um the byproduct of what you produce by the way you show up. So and that's what I did. I showed up, all odds against me, um, just being able to to walk in a space where I was already equipped, like God had already gave me the tools necessary to do what I needed to do, I just had to show up in that space.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, That's awesome. I love it. We covered uh, we've covered a lot of ground today. I've been so excited about having you on here, Rhonda. And I, one other thing that I was that I'm just thinking about, I guess, as we sort of start winding it down, is I've heard you talk about on your podcast and just talking to you in general is representation and what that means for your kids um, and whatever they want to accomplish that they're represented and that they see other people that look like them. Um, And I think that's super important. I know that's important to you. The first thing I want to say is, I mean, obviously I do think that's important, but their mom is an amazing model for somebody that looks like them. And so I think that they're in a really, fortunate spot to have you. I really respect you and you inspire me. So I just wanted to get that out there while we were on here together.
2: Nick, don't bring tears on the podcast, man. (laughs) I've cried on here before. So if you do, you ain't going to be the first one. (laughs) I appreciate that. And that's my goal every day is just to allow my kids to see, you know, the God in me so that they can see the God in them. And then they know that they're not limited by absolutely anything like they can be all that they want to be all that they choose to be and I want them to know that because I didn't always know that until you know I got old enough to teach myself that that was possible so that's my goal every day I may not be I'm not the perfect mom I may not do everything right I fail at times and I want them to see that because that's 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 who we are we're, we're human and we make mistakes and we fail at times and my perfectionism and my ADD you know has taken times over me where i haven't been able to show that part of me to them but i'm growing into that space and learning that they need that in order for them to grow in order for them to be um, better who they want to become and and that's my life that's my my life purpose is to show up as as me every day and to work on me every day and it empowers them to do the same
0: that's beautiful taylor you want to bring us home in you have any thoughts swirling around that you want to cover <laughs>
1: Teen, I, I was actually thinking about the thing that you mentioned that on some that I feel like we've kind of missed on some, which was uh, Teen always likes to ask our guests what they're reading.
2: <laughs> Why do I know that so well? <laughs> I ask the same question on my podcast. Like, what's your daily mantra? What are you reading? Um, so I actually pull my books out so I can show. All right, them. I'm glad Taylor bailed <laughs> me out with that question because I I forgot. <laughs> So one of the books I'm reading right now is called Rich and Righteous. It's called Spiritual Secrets to Mastering Money Manifestation of Your Mind. And it's by Julian Gordon. That's the one I say who's my mentor for sure. Um, The other book that I'm reading is called The Seed of the Soul. And this book has been life-changing to me. Um, It's allowed me to develop a deeper understanding of my spirituality that I've been given for so long, but now I'm recreating for myself. And um, this is the other one is How Successful People Think by John Maxwell. So these are some of the things I'm reading, some of my go-tos that I am pulling out of the sash. And of course, I have plenty others that I want to pull out to you, but those are my E3 right now.
0: Yeah, those are good. Thanks for sharing those. I'm familiar with a couple of them and a couple of them I aren't, but we'll certainly put those in the show notes as a reference point as well. Because yeah, I, I love that you said that about the mentors. That that just really hit with me. You you answered it better than I would have answered it myself for sure. Just thinking about that, that we don't it doesn't have to be one lane. That we learn all the time. And so, what are we spending our time? You know, what are we investing our time and allocating our time towards? Because you're balancing so many things. When you have time for you, you know you're investing in it and stuff like that. And those people become your mentors, whether you know them personally or not. So I really loved that. That was awesome. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, thank you so much for coming on here. This was awesome. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And thank you for helping inspire the Constant Quest podcast. And thanks for being a guest on here. (laughs)
2: Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Haley. I appreciate
0: you guys. Thanks, bro. All right. Until next time.